guys and gals, welcome to the Oxford Holy Club, a place where we ready ourselves to give an answer for the hope that's in us. We will also try to answer your questions, random questions from the interwebs, and have some fun too. So put some seatbelts on your ears because we're in for a wild ride. Well, hey, ladies and gentlemen, it's your host, Beard Man. And the bald eagle. You're always super delayed on that. It's like you're waiting. <laughs> and, oh, oh, there's the stupid eagle again. <laughs> We really got a time that. Well, you have sound I effects. I decided if I can commit to it or not. Yeah, we. Ha- oh, Matt, you, you must not have listened for a while. We've got sound effects. We've got sound bites. We've got uh, stinger music oh, wow. for different for things. Oh, we are in the realm of the legitimate now, my friend. Wow. Yeah, I only typically listen to the episodes I'm on. So that's <laughs> one. What's the one? <laughs> Uh, tonight, ladies and gentlemen, we are joined by a returning guest back from way back from episode 15 entitled Haloom Teen Challenge and Bullfighting way back in October. Uh, let's give a big Oxford Holy Club welcome to Matthew Barber. Hey, thanks. Glad to be back. Yeah, that was that was episode 15. Eh? And and I th- if I'm right, is this episode 46? It is episode 46. Wow, I can't believe like, do you know how few podcasts actually make it this far and like you're you're encroaching on 50 like 50 that's amazing man i know i'm i'm super pumped because we're getting close to having been doing this for a year which is nuts wow because when when i it 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 was so hard to get going to get one episode in the can it was just one of those things that you had to do it and then once it did it then here we are but how you doing matt why don't we start we'll start with you how you doing tonight Doing good, man. I'm on vacation this week, so just trying to detach and relax. Actually, that's not true. Uh, <laughs> I am on vacation, but it's like spring cleaning, and I was mm. going to stain my deck this week, um, but we've got 20 millimeters of rain every single day. So, uh, so yeah, so I'm stressing about not painting my deck and cleaning the inside of the house. So there's- huh. Who would have thought when we were teenagers that you'd be sitting here complaining that you can't get your deck stained and that it's stressing you out seriously i've been looking forward to this for a month staining my deck yeah i've changed the color three times as to what i wanted to stain it and here we are pretty pretty anticlimactic anyway <laughs> lucas i'd like to remind you that when you throw your head back in laughter it's an audio only medium and people can't see what you're doing Let- i know but there was one episode where i just quietly went <laughs> to every joke into the microphone and I listened back to it, it's like, ooh, got to stop doing that. <laughs> it's amazing what you hear when you listen back and go, oh, wow, I didn't realize I did that so much. Yeah, I'd rather have a quiet head nod than a <laughs> the mic. Fair enough. I, I'll, I'll second that. All right. And and Lucas, well, how are you? Beard man? Or no, sorry. you're. I'm beard man. I'm all confused. <laughs> Who am I? <laughs> the bald no, eagle. Uh, yeah, I had I was home with uh, Ruthie today. She was she was she threw up yesterday morning. It was like a one off, but that's a forty eight hour ban, so uh, I had to keep her home. And she was pretty good. Uh, but as we were all getting ready in the morning, I still had to drive the kids to school and drop them off and all that stuff. And Ruthie goes, um, "Can mommy stay home with me?" I said, "No, daddy's staying home with you." She's like, "Yeah, can mommy stay home with me?" Oh no! <laughs> I was like, "Oh, you'd prefer your mother over your father." She's like. Yeah, you get it, basically. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, no, I get it. That's fine. Mums, mums are mums. Was anybody in the room with a camera recording this time when she threw up? Oh, that wasn't <laughs> well, that wasn't her last time. That was Esther, wasn't it? No, it was it was Ruthie the first time. I can't tell yeah, the two so, apart. 
So uh, I can, but anyway, so here's the, uh, here's, that's your third one because here's the, uh, the thing I'm sitting watching me and Lucas are in a shared uh, messenger group with a bunch of guys in a hockey pool and I'm sitting here and I kid you not, and I'm watching a hockey game and I'm eating sushi. (laughs) All right. And Lucas is like, check this out. And I click the link and I just see his kid like just vomiting everywhere all over the basement vomiting everywhere and i am trying to swallow this piece of sushi <laughs> and it was i'll tell you 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 ruined me of it i think you ruined me of it yeah so there uh, was eating my split pea soup and then lucas sends me this link and no okay well let me uh, ask matt i know that you were in the yeah. middle we're really this is a throwback because we've actually brought the audio from that video into our oh, podcast wow. a few episodes back and we we analyzed it dissected it had some fun with it Yikes. When you listen to that, do you remember thinking, is Lucas calling for himself? Uh, yeah, well, no, I knew, I know his, uh, I know that his father. I believe his name's uh, Peter. Peter, yeah. He, that he's like, Hi, Peter. it was a few years ago that he got really hooked on making home videos about everything. And so I knew who was behind the camera, uh. um, like right away kind of a thing. Mind you, uh. I, I I don't know if it's anything you ever noticed or not before, Bradley, but uh, um, for Lucas on social media, uh, it wouldn't be a surprise if it was him behind the camera because <laughs> yep. if there was ever anybody that overshared on social media, especially about their kids, it's Mister Bald Eagle himself. Wow, I like to I like to keep things you know real. Some people only show the good aspects of life. I like to sprinkle in some of the bad aspects of life, so you know people aren't you know looking at me and feeling jealous, which has never really been a huge problem. But I I want to make sure that's not going on when they see me on social media. But there's just so many Lucas that I don't even look anymore. I just like I skip right over. Like you're the you're you're the equivalent with your children's post as people who only talk about politics on Facebook. Whoa. So, yeah. Do you follow yeah. Lucas on Instagram? I do. And actually, that's more aggravating because I follow <laughs> less people on Instagram than I do on Facebook. <laughs> so I see more of Lucas on Instagram than I do anywhere else. Actually, it's not even Lucas. It's just his kids. And, it, and, and, kids. and the school. <laughs> if it's, not, if like it's I, not the kids, it's the school. I've seen I've seen him wake up his cranky middle child about thirty times on video, and it's different every time. <laughs> like, but not different, but the same, but different. <laughs> Drives me nuts. I do have, get a kick out of that. Uh, but hey, tell me this: Would you rather me doing pictures of my kids or that person who only posts selfies of themselves, like kind of simmering into the camera all the time? See, those are the people that I enjoy because. <laughs> It always brings me to that point where I'm just like, what's their level of self-awareness? That's what it makes me think. Like when they're taking that picture at that angle and posting it, what are they fishing for? The angle's the issue. Okay. Yeah, that's what I'm looking at. So actually, so if there's any recommendation, more Lucas, less of your kids. More Lucas from that top-down angle with the the arm behind the head looking up. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Bite the left. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, you might be wondering why we have such a wonderful rapport and have forgot that we're recording a podcast. It's <laughs> it's because the three of us uh, used to be roommates for quite some time, way, way back when. And I can't remember the last time that the three of us have been together in, well, we've never been in this form, but. Yeah, it's in, been too long, man. It's been too long. 
probably a big stop like a decade ago or something like that. <laughs> Did you know this is going to be this is totally like a uh, contextual thing for where we live, but the big stop closes at nine o'clock at night now in Salisbury. Yes, I know. Crazy. <laughs> no more midnight peanut butter pie. <laughs> well, that's probably what? best for all of us. At that's funny. I was thinking the same thing. Yeah. <laughs> With diabetes on the rise. Uh, well, all right. Let's get this. Is it's nice catching up. Unfortunately, well, not unfortunately. Uh, I don't know. How, a couple episodes ago, uh, Lucas and I never were able to pull out of just catching up and wound up recording a whole episode of just us talking. Super uh, interesting for everyone involved. Uh, yeah. Right. Uh, so, Lucas, why don't you uh, why don't you walk us in with your hypothetical for the, for the night? All right. I had one that was a little more dark, and then I decided it was too dark, so I swapped it out for this one. <laughs> Which is someone is willing to give you a brand new car. It can be any vehicle you want, like car, Jeep, whatever. It could be super fancy, super normal, whatever. But the, the thing is, you have to drive it and it alone for 30 years. If you can't borrow a car, you can't rent a car, you can't do anything, only drive that. And if it ever breaks down, you either have to fix it or you're walking. Oh. Uh, would you take shoot. them up on that offer? Shoot. I need to rethink my choice here. Yeah, I'm not oh, just yeah. giving away free cars. That wouldn't really be a tough one. Oh yeah, no, absolutely. I, that's an easy one for me. Uh, I just just to maintain of how cool everyone listening thinks I am. <laughs> I don't. I don't drive a minivan, but guilty. Uh, if someone was giving me a free vehicle and I had to drive for thirty years, that's the deal. It would. Yeah, if, it would if you be, accept it, yeah. It would be a Dodge Caravan. Absolutely, it'd be a Dodge Caravan with with no no like. Not the not the XL package, no air conditioning, Whoa. nothing. Just a bare bones Dodge Caravan. No bells or whistles. Thirty years. Thirty. Well, listen. Here's the problem. Okay. AM there's, only radio. Sorry. Here's the problem. Here's the thing. Not not the problem. The good thing. There's about there's about 1.5 million Dodge Caravans on the road right now. I'm gonna do a, fact a check. cheapest cheapest vehicles that I completely pulled that one out of my hat. Uh, that it's uh it's the cheapest vehicle to fix. I do know that for sure. Uh, and they actually run pretty good. Um, but when you start adding in the air conditioning, all of a sudden, if your air conditioning belt's gone, we're not going to talk about cars here, but then all of a sudden... That's because we don't know anything about them. <laughs> <laughs> I steered away from cars. Nice job. You threw, you, you, want, you threw a fancy fan want, belt fact out, and then we you want, we diverged. <laughs> we did. you, want, you want the least amount of things that could possibly break on that vehicle. That's what I'm saying. The least possible amount of things, if you're talking 30 years... I know I could get that Dodge Caravan over six hundred thousand. I know I could. Well, shoot! I initially, Matt, I I see where you're going with this. I chose the Chrysler Town and Country, but I chose it with a DVD player. But that was only because I just have angst from when we bought our Town and Country, and they tried to tell me that the DVD player is the tiny little screen at the very front, and that if I wanted one for the kids, it was an extra two thousand dollars. Yikes. So I told them I would go to Walmart and buy a DVD player that just hangs in the back of the seats, which I still have never done. That's been a few years now. <laughs> but I was taking the town and country, but you're right. The more bells and whistles you add, the more chance that something's going to go wrong. So you really do want to go bare bones. So oh, it, for sure. if that's the case, I'm going to go back again with something that I know, which it would be a Toyota. That man, like the Toyota Corolla. Pontiac Firebird for you, right? No, no. Remember my Firebird, Matt? The, my white Firebird. I don't. 
You may I remember have, your I remember your Saturn. Oh, heavens. I remember the I remember the day that your mother brought the Saturn home, and you were so excited that it had polymer panels on the side. And you took a run at the car and hit it, and sure, it had polymer panels, but you like made a dent that popped out because you stretched the plastic on it. Hi, mom. Was, I know you yeah. listen to the podcast. Don't listen. I remember your Saturn. Don't but listen I don't to Matt. Fire. I don't remember your. Did you say Firebird? Yeah, I had a Pontiac Firebird, like an '88 Pontiac Firebird. Oh wow! Yeah, I put that thing through um, through Harry Lackey's potato field backwards. Did you know that? Did you? We're not gonna talk about this long. Did you know Harry's still alive? I do. I was, do. Do you know that he, he wanders the streets at night? He was he was in the newspaper last week on the island for man. still being alive. Yeah, well, though, because he's like 94. <laughs> this just in. He's like 94 and still plays the fiddle every weekend at the Kayleys. <laughs> what a scoop. Uh, uh, listeners, are you still there? I would, <laughs> I would, uh, I would, I'm going to go. Uh, see, I was initially thinking I would go back with my Toyota. Um, oh, shoot. What did I have? I Camry. A, thank you. That Camry, that thing, that was still driving when I gave it away. Um, yeah. It just needed like normal repairs. We were just tired of making the normal repairs. Those things have gone on forever. But the Corolla, I think, has um, a better record than the Camry does for durability. And similar to the Dodge Caravan, there's millions and millions of them out there. Again, don't fact check me. I have no sweet clue. Yeah. And um, it's uh, easy to replace the fan belt and spark plugs. Yeah. Well, I got to be honest. I'm a little bit bored with the car question, Lucas. And I really, really want to know what your original question was. Hold on, Lucas. <laughs> Lucas, we need to know what you're choosing. I don't think I would do it, actually, because it would mean driving a car till I'm 65, the same car. If I was going to do it, it would be more on the end of a maybe not bare bones, but like a mid bones, uh, like a Honda Pilot. Probably because again, if, if you take care of them, but like have a super awesome, like put your car budget aside and just do it for repairs and like maintain that puppy and rust check it and whatever. Okay, but I cool. think I'd probably just not. Can, I'd rather have different cars. Hold Dave on, Ramsey. Can, can, the, uh, <laughs> the junker. Keep my car budget going. Um, can, but, can, uh, can your spouse drive? Uh, can your spouse drive a different vehicle? Do they have to? Are they locked into this? Uh, no, they're not. Oh. You can't drive with them. Oh. <laughs> You're changing so things on the fly. Maybe a maybe maybe a skateboard holding onto the spoiler situation, but that would be at best. Very cool. Here's the other here's the other thing too is you got to keep this in mind is that growing up I was a good kid. I never got in any trouble when I was a teenager, and I I say solely the reason I didn't get in trouble was because my parents drove a Ford Windstar. Aerostar, a Windstar, and Windstar, and it was the least cool thing to drive around in the Fruit Loop in O'Leary in that van. And so I just stayed home. I didn't do anything. <laughs> it's nothing was better. Are we going to talk about why they called it the fruit loop when, a when the loop that we actually did was a figure eight, but a fruit loop is a, a circle. doesn't matter. Whatever. Uh, I want to know. I want to know what Lucas's, uh, uh, original question was the dark oh, side. Yeah. Oh, it's, it's one I'd read before somewhere. It's if you had to do one thing, would you rather you have to do one? Would you rather, uh, kick a dog or make a baby cry <laughs> if you had to pick one but i didn't really like it didn't feel sit right with me uh, it's a hard on. one to pick moving on and and here we are now we're stewing in that uh, <laughs> oh no great it out. well let's get let's move out of here uh matt i know you're familiar with yahoo answers so here's a question from yahoo answers someone's asking 
They asked, can a police officer get a part-time job delivering pizzas so they could have faster delivery times than anybody else and never get a ticket? So, so the, that, that's the question. Guys, what are your thoughts? This, is this too good to be true? I mean, I, I think I actually think that there may be certain rules around the employment for officers about moonlighting, like having a second job. I don't know if you're able to or not. Hey, actually, Lucas, Lucas what, go, let's phone a friend. Call your brother. Call, get, call your brother. <laughs> I, know that, I know that in the States, sometimes they do. They'll work like private security and stuff. I don't know about Canada. Um so I'm I'm not sure. I I'm sure doing it while they were on duty would probably be frowned upon. And I do know that uh, speeding like crazy when you're not actually chasing someone is also gets you in big trouble. Not, like not just doing 160 everywhere for fun. Yeah. So do do police officers? I assume. I mean, even though there's probably kind of a little bit of a like a a bro code or whatever that yeah. like officers you could you'll still get a ticket, but probably not as likely as I would get a ticket driving down the road as an officer would get a ticket. Is that fair? Yeah. I would think so. Now, do you think this person's talking about the cop is doing it while they're on duty or just like there happened to be a cop who just also speeds around, assuming that it will never get a ticket? Maybe that's what they're thinking about. And that, that could be the case because if you're, if you're a police officer and you're off duty and you're taking pizza here and maybe you're going a little too fast and your buddy pulls you over, what are they going to do? Are they going to ticket you or are you going to have a good laugh about how fast you were going and, and the civvies can't go this fast? <laughs> Then you give him a slice, right? Yeah, here, yeah. Oh, that's a bribe. <laughs> a little halloum on the top there. Oh, a little halloum, uh, really tossing it back. Wow. Uh, uh, yeah. See it with. I uh, see and the, the opportunities are there because I'll tell you what. I was out at a restaurant last week, and just in the forty-five minutes that I sat there, I watched a different person come in at least six, seven times, just in that short amount of time with a skip the dishes bag, uh, one of those skip the dishes bags. Yeah. You know what, what I mean? What the is delivery this? Delivery things? I live in Oxford, Nova Scotia. <laughs> skip the dishes uh, means... It's like, like uh, Uber... Take-out delivery service, yeah. Yeah, like it's like they'll deliver anything, like McDonald's or uh, like Montana's. Whoever doesn't have delivery, oh, my word. they will deliver for them. So I feel like it would be an easy gig to get into. You know, Constable skip the dishes. That'd be there. <laughs> That's right. I mean, it. Uh, were were police officers the original Ubers and Lyfts? You know, for people yeah. just needing a uh, only for certain segment of the population. No. Okay. Yeah. Again, my my parents drove a Ford Windstar, so I I never got in trouble. I don't know. <laughs> Couldn't break any land speeds. Yeah. Uh, I'm I'm trying to I'm trying to check and see if skip the dish has made skip the dishes has made it to Oxford. I sincerely doubt it. Oxford, Nova Scotia. Some some dude yeah. on a donkey. Nope, they definitely. Uh, when I was in Brazil, I saw tons of people going around with like a little scooter with like a big little like cargo box on the back with like food in it, and uh, they're like zipping in and out of traffic. It looked kind of fun as long as it didn't you know die. Did they have a badge as well? <laughs> Not that I saw. There are no badges in Brazil. <laughs> I I don't know that you could get away with this today because of all the cameras and computers that are recording everything that that police are doing. I presume I don't actually know. Haven't spent much time in in a police car. Um, but I I wonder like back in the day when it was like the old school and they they weren't doing that. If you could get away with it, you know. Flip your sirens on, like, you know, especially with those, your pizza's free if it's not there in 20 minutes type thing, right? Yeah. And just go. I'll I'll put a, a better sound effect in there. 
Uh, so let's answer this for this person de- uh, definitively. Can they do it? No. Matt says no. Yeah. Can't be done. No. Now it's a speedy not, thing. It's not, a, not about can't, shouldn't, shouldn't be done. <laughs> they were too busy trying to figure out if they could, that they didn't stop to think whether they should. Um, hmm. I'm going to edit out this long pause. <laughs> I'll take a drink of my my well, tea then. I guess I like I'm just wondering how much are how much do our police officers make? Like do they make a decent salary? Do they like are our police officers hurting that bad that they need to deliver pizzas? Is that <laughs> what's going to tip them over into the Unless they're on unless they're on Dave Ramsey, they're probably not. Moving uh, on. <laughs> I knew I that would think, get the ball rolling. Yeah, yeah. Uh, they don't make as much as you think they would. Or honestly maybe as much as they should. But uh, yeah, I think what I think it's I don't even know how much it is, but you would think they should be making more than what they do. I, I think and I'm not trying to just like pad, you know, just kind of wrap this up nice and neat. But I will say if you're a police officer that's listening, thank you for your service. Uh, gentlemen, we're going to move on now. Now, Matt, I want to give you a quiz. OK. And I think this could be fun, but we'll, we'll see. It could also oh, okay. really suck. Um, both of us are from PEI. And, yep. and there's definitely sayings that come from PEI that I've not heard elsewhere. I think one of my favorites, and it's not on this list, but it comes via Marty Getson in describing <laughs> someone that he worked with at camp. He said, that guy's yeah. like a fart in a mitt. Fart in a mitt. Yeah, I've heard that. Yeah. And I'm What's like, what? Mean? you can't catch him. He's you just like, can't catch him. He's like a fart he's in a mitt. He's just, where did he go? Come on, Lucas. Where's he at? He's a fart in a bit. Where did he go? Where did he go? And nothing to do with, nothing to do with smell. It's, it's. No, it's every, no, no it has everything to do with presence and the lack thereof. Where is he? Where did he go? Uh, so here's, here's what I'm thinking. Um, I'm going to go down. Through, I've got 10 of them. And I just want you to oh, give wow. me your best guesstimate of, of what they mean. Um, or maybe if you know what it means or some context to it, perhaps if you already know what, you know what it is, maybe you can explain it a little better. So we're going to start with uh, number 10. Here it comes. Talk of dirt coming. Oh, it's going to storm. It's going to be, yeah, it's going to be typically it's for a winter storm. Like we're going to get hit pretty hard with the blizzard, but it could be a rainstorm, but yeah, there's dirt coming. Dirt coming. Yeah. I, yeah, hundred percent. The dirt coming. Yeah. Thanks, Mom. See, most of these, some of these I've heard of, some of these make sense to me. That one does neither. Okay, carry on. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I, I found myself doing this way too oh. much when I try to, anyway, whatever. <clears throat> Number nine, who's your fodder? <laughs> yeah, who's, it's, they're, they're really not interested. Well, they're interested in who your dad is, who, but they're more interested in what's your last name and what's your family line because you're typically related to them. Whoever's asking you, they're going to find a way to be related to you. That's So who's your father? Yep. So Islanders are kind of like Baptists. Like if you dig long enough, you can find a connection. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Hmm. Absolutely. I was unaware I actually, of that fact. With I Baptists. witnessed this. One time Brad and I were together at, uh, we swung, swung into the school for some reason at my school. And there's a church that meets there. And I didn't even realize this, but the pastor of that church is from the island. And the two just had a good old fashioned like Islander hoedown or whatever and figured out how they like were related and knew each other and stuff. And it was kind of interesting, kind of sad, kind of weird. Who is it? it 
I forget who his father is, so I don't remember his name. <laughs> his name is Jerome McDonald. Oh, yes. Yeah, we are related. Something happened oh, with yeah. a lighthouse keeper that you both knew or something? Lighthouse Willie. Willie. <laughs> Willie. Okay, so here's this is going to be a sidetrack. Oh, no. So my first real job, like this is outside of like mowing grass and that kind of stuff, right? <laughs> uh, my first real job was at the West Point Lighthouse. And the first night I'm there, uh, the 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 guy that was managing at the time uh, told me this story about Lighthouse Willie and he haunts the lighthouse. And so I was the dishwasher, right? And so they sent me back to the walk-in freezer to go grab a bunch of food to bring out real quick. And I shut the thing behind me and uh, got locked in the walk-in freezer. And I was in there for an honest, like, 15 minutes, banging and banging and banging on the door. And none of the waitresses would come and open the door because it was my first day there. So they weren't used to me being around. <laughs> learn a lesson. Oh, <laughs> Everybody else was accounted for, and they were convinced that Lighthouse Willie was trapped <laughs> in the freezer. You know, whatever, like this was so that's how that was my my intro to Lighthouse Willie. Chilly yeah. Willie, those ghosts that can't yeah, pass through it. refrigerators. I don't know, man. Figure it out, but yeah. <laughs> number okay. number eight. Roads are slippy as all get out. Probably because there's a silver thaw. Oh, uh, oh, silver thaw. There's a uh, now, there's a couple in here. Let me just let me. Yeah, slippy. I mean, we're supposed to, you're supposed to say slippery, but slippy is just for some reason it's a it's an island thing. You know, we just cut it down. It's not slippery. It's slippy out. And uh, it's say it again. There's it's slippy. Yeah, I'll slow her down here. Uh, roads are slippy as all get out. Probably oh, yeah. because there was a silver thaw. As all get out means just very. So it's it's, it's very slippery is what they're saying. Uh, silver thaw. I don't know. Is that frost? Yes. I don't, I don't, yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. No, that wasn't a very common one, but for me anyway. But yeah. No. Watch the roads. It's very slippery because there's been a slippy. Frost. Slippy takes me back to a part in eleven, and you saying it, and I thought it was very charming. Charming. Okay. Yeah. Well, there Next you go. <clears throat> Here comes uh, number seven. Guan. Oh, guan. That means go on, as in like, come on, like Get out of town. you gotta be kidding me, like go on. Yep. Like you fool, that kind of thing. G comma W A N. Yeah. Go on. Go on. Yeah. <clears throat> uh, number six, turn at the old purple house. Oh yeah. So, well, so for <laughs> me, it wasn't, it's like, you know, all of this, like you, so it wasn't, so it wasn't turn at the purple house where I lived. It was, we're three doors down from the bootlegger. That's, <laughs> yeah. that was what we said. That's how you knew where you were. So it's just the easiest way to give directions. Uh, because you didn't know, I still don't know the name of the street. The, it wasn't a street, it was a road. Still don't know the road I grew up on, but I could tell you how many doors past the bootlegger and how many uh, how many turns away from Sandra's SO we were too. But uh, but yeah, that's just that's how you give directions. And what's crazy is if you're not from the island, it doesn't matter if it doesn't matter if you've lived there for twenty years or thirty years. But if you weren't born there, you're still from away. Always from away. And anybody that comes to the island and asks for directions, you had better have a map because you're going to yeah. get directions like this. Oh, just turn left at the old purple house. Go on with yeah. you. Anyway. <laughs> Uh, number five, boat traffic. <laughs> yeah, actually, I was explaining this to my uh, daughters uh, as we were on the way to the island a couple weeks ago. It was anytime you hit a long string of traffic all in a row, like which is unheard of on PEI mostly, unless you're in Summerside or Charlottetown. If it's just a long string of traffic, we used to say like, oh, it looks like the boat just landed. And so <laughs> it was just that's the boat traffic because you'd get 100 cars getting off the boat at the same time. And it was just a long straight line of 
of cars. So you're, both traffic. You're killing it here. Uh, number four, H. H. Oh, H. Yeah. See, we 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 didn't say H, but I remember hearing H. Yeah, we we were we were told no, it's like H I J K. That's that's the letter H. Uh, the Queen's English. Yeah. <laughs> I I distinctly remember wanting to slap so many people for saying yeah. H. Yeah. Anyway, uh, number three. That's almost oh. it's almost as bad as listening to Andy Stanley whenever he goes what, <laughs> what, and who. That drives me crazy. What do we have here? No, the W's before the H, Andy. Say what. Sounds uh, like you put what? a Q in there somewhere. Uh, <laughs> number three, go away with you. Go away with you, as in that's unbelievable, as in like you're telling a lie or that's just over the top. Uh, all right, number two, you got it. Uh, here we go. Number two, got to put a load in the wash. Get dirty clothes. Do do the laundry. Oh, That's, you're you're not yeah. catching it. You didn't hear it. Maybe maybe you've heard it too much. Got to put a load in the wash. There it is. Yeah. Now, again, we never said that. It was wash washing machine. So that was the totally that was for us. We were we were yeah. It was we were we were civilized. <laughs> but the, yeah, this was the, uh, the yeah, fancy barbers. Your laundry. Yeah. Put a load in the wash. In the wash, washing machine. So, okay. is a question: Is there a part of the island that the rest of the island looks down on? Or makes fun um, of? Care, careful! You don't have to name them. Just tell me if there is. <laughs> I mean, no. Th- I mean, it depends where you're at, and there's always a good rivalry. I mean, <laughs> it's always the other point. It's like, oh no, the north side, or oh no, the south side, or whatever. No, it's all. It all <laughs> relatively stays like in your region. You know what I mean? Very like, tribal. Yeah, I don't remember ever talking about anybody down east, but I always remember whoever the local community around where we were, yeah, they were always kind of the armpit kind of a thing. Like the equivalent of what Sussex is to St. John. Oh, there, we named <laughs> it. Good. That. There it is. And, yeah. and the, it was always exacerbated by hockey games. Right? Oh, yeah. Big time. Big time. All right, Matt, here comes the last one. Number one. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, yeah, you you just agree. You wholeheartedly, passionately agree. Yeah, that's it. Yeah, it, it was just it, it it just brackets inhale. That's what it says to do. <laughs> you really have to yeah. know what it is to be able to do it. I yeah. was like, yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Well, great job, Matt. It looks like you got ten out of ten. That was crazy. Uh, good. They're gonna let me cross the bridge again. That's there you good. go. You passed. You passed your citizenship for the island. There you go. Well, ladies and gentlemen, it's now time for a not a sponsor break, the part of the show where we highlight a product that we feel does it better than anybody else, but they won't support us financially. Nobody does Well, ladies and gentlemen, let me tell you about the West Point Lighthouse Inn and Museum in West Point, Prince Edward Island. Sleep in a lighthouse, drift off to the sound of gently rolling waves, enjoy spectacular sunsets. The four-star West Point Lighthouse Inn features 13 contemporary rooms and a rare opportunity to stay in a lighthouse. Each room has a breathtaking view of the Northumberland Strait from the shore of West Point, Prince Edward Island. 11 rooms also feature walkout decks, while the keeper's quarters and the tower room are located in a private guests-only section of the historic West Point Lighthouse Museum. Rentals and packages are available from June until September, and you can check them out at westpointharmony.ca slash in-end-museum. 
So why don't we take a minute and talk about the lighthouse. The West Point Lighthouse stands among the island's most recognizable places. At 69 feet tall, it's PEI's tallest and one of its most unique lighthouses due to its black and white stripes of paint. Built in 1875, put into operation in 1876, and manned until 1963 when the keeper, who lived in the attached dwelling, retired. Today, the lantern operates electronically. In 1987, and by electronically I mean electrically, in 1987, the Inn was established by the West Point Development Corporation, a group of enterprising volunteers based in West Prince, PEI. Now let's talk about the museum, explore PEI's coastal history in an active lighthouse. The West Point Lighthouse is home of one of the most complex collections of lighthouse information and memorabilia. Artifacts, displays, and exhibits tell the story of the community, the light keepers, Lighthouse Willie, the technology and the history of PEI's maritime beacons in a building where this history was made. I grew up around this, so did our guest Matthew Barber. This is an excellent place for you to visit if you are in West Prince, Prince Edward Island. And you know what, folks? In my opinion, nobody does it better at being a lighthouse and lighting the way for ships than the West Point Lighthouse Inn and Museum. Not a sponsor. Well, welcome back, ladies and gentlemen. It's now time for our questions Christians can't answer. Matt, what this is, is there's a, there's a lot of websites out there that have all these questions. 50 questions Christians can't answer. Wait till you see number 17 or something like that, right? Oh, wow. And okay. so, so what we've been doing is we've been picking questions from them as, as though someone walked up to us just on the street and just hit us with this question. In the past, we've done questions where we've done research, we've taken time to you know, uh, look through scripture, look through the internet and what have you, but these were just taking raw. And some of the questions are, are difficult, some of them are just like nonsensical and all that, but this one jumped out at me when I was looking through them. And so um, it's open for the three of us just to jump on, you don't have to carry all of this. Uh, but the question is, why was Jesus's death on the cross the only way sins could be forgiven? Mm, that is a great question. And I think it's a, it's actually uh, a, a really relevant question considering society and culture today where everyone is looking for any way to connect maybe with God or whatever they see as right. uh, the big, the creator, the big being, whatever it looks like. And, and I think it's, it's questions like this that are being asked and unfortunately probably all too often not being answered very well. Not saying that that's what we're about to do, but uh, the <laughs> idea of, the of addressing it and saying, "Okay, so what? What? Why was why was Jesus so special? Why was there no other route? Why was that the plan all along?" Mm -hmm. uh, so it, here's mine in a nutshell. Um, I mean, you look in Old Testament and you see that there was sacrifice given, right? right? And but it was it was a continual practice. It was something that was always happening, um, and it and it had to continue to happen in order for you to be able to come clean, to be forgiven. Uh, and then enters Jesus, right? And so enter Jesus again, the Lamb, you know, the perfect one, all of these types of things, and and that was the ultimate sacrifice, the final sacrifice that was required. Uh, and the biggest reason for that is because of his godliness, because of his perfection, you know, 100% mm -hmm. man, 100% God. But it was, it was in that, in, in the God part 
um, where it was because of his holiness, because of his perfection, that there was no longer any necessary uh, sacrifice moving forward. I, th- I think you make a good point, Matt, at uh, where you need to start with this is in the Old Testament. Too often, we, we take the New Testament and then try to interpret the Old Testament based on that. When the Old Testament is what will teach us why, you know, why Jesus had to come, why he was called, you know, the spotless, perfect lamb. Someone just reads the, the New Testament, which a, a lot of people are prone to do, it seems, if I can just generalize for a second. The Old Testament seems not as interesting to some people, but um, uh, you, you really hit everything that I was thinking was was this the whole the sacrificial system. And it made me think, you know, well, why did God... Why did God care about blood? What was it specifically about blood? Because, you know, we, if you were to walk into any, um, any Protestant church today, you would hear people singing songs about being washed in the blood and, and all this stuff. Like blood is a prevalent thing in, in our church. Um, but it, it makes me wonder, like, why did he choose that? And there's scripture in Leviticus 17.11 that says, uh, for the life of the creature is in the blood it, and, and I've given it to you to make atonement for yourself on the altar. It is the blood that makes atonement for one's life. So for, you know, he's not really saying specifically, this is why I chose blood, but that life is, you know, the life of the creature, the life of us is in blood. And for there to be a sacrifice, it needs to be something of actual value that's being sacrificed. And, and so they, you know, they brought all these lambs, uh, as you talked about, and, and, and then finally, Jesus comes on the scene and offers this one sacrifice to cover them all. And, and what's, what I thought is really interesting, and, I, and I'm just kind of learning about it, was that it didn't just cover, Jesus' sacrifice didn't just cover the sins for, for the future. It was for everybody, for all time, even the ones from, from previous, which is, which is an interesting conversation that uh, I'm just kind of getting into. Um, so why was he the only way? Because you talked about culture. Right now we're in what we call a postmodern, you know, society yep. and culture, and that there's many ways, and and that everything is relative and and all of that. But Jesus makes a very clear statement, and he says it that, and he's the one that says it too, that uh, no man comes to the Father but through him. Yeah, I'm. I mean, the it's it's important to understand that even in Jesus' time or just before Christ. Uh, there were godly men and women. There were. Sure. Uh, and there were people who, you know, worshipped God and that were continuing in the practice of sacrifice as as was required at the time. Yep. Um, but they still did not meet the standard right. uh, of what was needed for that to be, again, the the finishing, the ultimate sacrifice. And so it was it was God knowing, of course, ahead of all of this, but seeing that this was the way, and uh, and it was only because of that again, that sinless life, right? Mm-hmm. So again, there was people that were that were godly, <laughs> but still not worthy. Maybe just turn a little uh, history thing because that's how I do. Um, but basically, to us, the whole concept of unless you grew up in the church, and even if you did, the whole concept of like a sacrificial system seems weird and like hard to get your head around, but. For people in that day and age, whether they were like Jewish or not, uh, would have been a totally understood, totally normal thing. Like, oh yeah, if you want something, there's, there, there needs to be a sacrifice. 
Um, and and they that's like this whole why would his death be the only way for sins could be forgiven? It wouldn't be as um, hard for them to get their head around because they would be like, oh yes, like a, a sacrifice of that magnitude and of that size. Of course, that's gonna like of that's gonna you know fix a lot of things because you know it's back in the you know little sin you know you you know sacrifice a pigeon or whatever big sin you sacrifice a, a cow or whatever right um, I don't know exactly all the stuff I'm sure I'm wrong but um, yeah just just keeping in mind that like to them the, the, it would have made sense to them yeah and this is one of those questions that like you said we're not going to answer it here today perfectly but. Um, but a, a part of the reason for that is because there's so much context we don't get in our current society that we have to like figure out and then we can kind of understand it a little better. Absolutely. And, and really understanding the sacrificial system and the role of the temple and the high priest, like it all plays into this um, because, you know, Jesus, uh, he, he's described as the great high priest. And there's a reason for that. You know, it talks about Jesus going into the Holy of Holies and making one final sacrifice. Like, there's a reason why that's important and why it could only be him. The, the reality is this. Why, why Jesus and not, you know, somebody else? Because God was the only one that could actually deal with the sin issue in our lives. No one else could. No amount of animals could actually. So when they were sacrificing animals, it was a covering right? It wasn't actually, it was like we were being covered by the blood. Instead of being purified and cleansed, we were being covered. And we talk about things like the Passover about, you know, if you had, if the blood was on the doorpost and all that, then, then the spirit would pass over you. And, 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 and Jesus' sacrifice, if we accept him into our life, we are now washed in his blood. We're cleansed by his blood and God passes over now our sin, there, like there, there's a huge difference between the animal sacrifices and the sacrifice Jesus brought. One was a covering, one is a cleansing. And um, that's kind of, if, if again, if someone just hit me on the street as I was getting my pizza from my police officer friend, that's, mm. that's kind of where I would go with it, would be to really say, you know, we need to look at the Old Testament to understand the importance of sacrifice. Let's get acquainted with the system that was in place. Let's get acquainted with, you know, um, what people at that time, you know, uh, knew about it and, and all that. Cause we, we do, we, we try to interpret these things with today's culture and today's culture is all about me getting what I want. It's not about sacrifice. Again, I'm, I'm not trying to speak for everyone cause I know that's not everyone, but. The, Still you know, pretty fair statement. Well, so that's kind of what I would think guys. Is there anything else you want to throw into that mix before we move on? I think we got it. That's all, all I got. All right. Uh, fellas, <laughs> this is a question I, uh, never heard before, but it really brought me back, Matt, to a, an evening where we were at Mill River and, oh boy. We, and we didn't ask this question, but, but the conversation was around cows and the, the tipping thereof, and we never got to it. Yeah. Uh, but this question comes from Yahoo and it says, how hard do I have to slap a cow to cook it in one slap? <laughs> and, and then and then they they added this after the fact because there must have been some concern. And what would actually or and what would this actually do to a cow? So there's some concerns. Yeah, this so, is a great segue from animal sacrifice into cooking a cow with a slap. Um, <laughs> You're welcome. Yeah. Uh, well, see, there's there's a lot of factors in this. 
a lot of factors. And actually, before we get into that, do you remember the time that your father hit a cow driving a snowmobile? I, I, he hit, yeah, he hit a bull. He hit a he hit a bull driving a snowmobile. Yep. And he lived. He lived. Broke like some your ribs. Father. Yes, yes, my yeah. yeah, no, my father and the bull. Yeah. Oh, the bull did too. Everybody walked away from that. <laughs> wow. <laughs> All right. So how to cook that, how to cook that cow. Um, so there's, there's a lot of, lot of, a lot of pieces at play here. Um, and I mean, there's, there's the kinetic, the kinetic force of this and the energy. And are you going to touch on that piece? No, no, that's okay. You can, you can take it. I know I, I tossed in someone's answer uh, that they, because they science this thing. And I'm like, holy smokes. Yeah, no, here's, here's, here's as scientific as it's going to get for me. Have you ever been like slapped on the arm or the face or the back or anything like that? And after you get slapped, it feels hot. Yes. You know what I'm saying? Very much so. Well, I did some research on why that is. And it turns out. <laughs> I did some testing. When you, when you get slapped, when you get slapped, <laughs> what happens is, is that your body reacts and your capillaries, uh, which are connected to your arteries and veins, they widen, they become larger, which allows more blood to flow through, which brings more heat. This is science, Hold man. On. Don't laugh. I just, I just love that you researched the crap out of this, but we, we just took it from the hip on why Jesus was the only way. Oh, I'm far more prepared for this. Yeah. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I can't offend anybody with this answer. Fair enough. Right. So you, so you, your capillaries become larger and therefore more blood flows through the arteries therefore bringing your actual uh, flesh and skin temperature up to the temperature of your blood which in you know typical person runs around 37 degrees celsius somewhere in there now herein lies the problem is you can't cook anything at 37 degrees celsius regardless of how long you leave it it doesn't um and so can you even cook a cow with a slap? The answer is no. Okay. <laughs> Unless you want to counter that. Well, that's where I, I'm firmly standing there. So Lucas, I'm, I'm going to, I'm going to toss out what this user says, but before I do, do you want to throw in something here? Cause this question's amazing. Who hasn't I thought like, this? I feel like mine is a better closer for this one. Okay. So yeah. user Odin I says an average cow has roughly 800 times the mass of the average chicken. Lucas, stop changing the notes. If we once again assume a perfect conversion from kinetic energy into heat energy and simply scale up the required energy by 800, we get uh, around 1,632 kilojoules, uh, which is a really big number, 1,203,701.43 foot foots per pound of energy, which would be required slapping at roughly a thousand and forty three meters a second. <laughs> Just go with my answer. Uh, uh, so so this person has, has mathed this thing out and believes that if you can get if you can get the proper uh, conversion of kinetic to heat energy, it is possible. It's theoretically possible to one slap this cow wow. into being cooked. Now what is cooking sous vide? Is, is that cooking in cool? No. Just over sous vide is when you take the, the piece of meat and you airtight seal it mm -hmm. in a bag and then you put it in boiling water at an exact temperature. 
Um, like the rest development it, hot tub thing. Leave it in there over a longer, longer period. Low and slow. That's how you cook it. Actually, interesting fact. Uh, I just we'll, cut we'll, up. We'll be the judge of that. I, I just cut up five pounds of beef an hour before we started this podcast. Uh, to put on the smoker, making some mean beef jerky tomorrow. When you saw the question, did you run out and start slapping it to see if it was just no, no. instantly cooked? No, no. This is it. You don't want to instantly cook beef jerky, Brad. You got to cook it low and slow over the smoke. Uh, well, all right, Lucas, let's wrap this thing up, buddy. Well, I was just thinking, like, I, I get what he's saying. And I, I, I do think that slapping would, you know, transfer some heat or create some heat. But the problem is the cow does not have enough structural integrity to hold up to that much oh, slapping fair enough. Uh, without turning into a mist. So a, 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 a what's, what's black what's black and white and red all over? A cow you slapped too hard. So there you go. How long how long have you worked on that joke today? Uh, oh, just just off the dome. I just came up with that one actually. I'm pretty proud of it. Yeah, cow, cow's <laughs> like a cow's like a fart in a mitt. Where'd he go? <laughs> Where'd he go? He was there. <laughs> uh, Speaking of which, oh. do you really think the cows and their methane are contributing to global warming? I thought we weren't supposed to offend people today, Matt. <laughs> no, that was a question. That was a question. I've always heard that. Yeah. And it's one of those ones that sounds like it could be true, but also sounds like it could be an urban legend. Like even that guy from A&W was like, eat less beef, eat, eat this vegetable patty. <laughs> I don't know. I'm, I feel like there might be something to it. If it, if there was that much methane that it was really a concern, why haven't we taken measures to harness it or to gather it? Like At, I, I think that, I think dumps they do. Yes, I believe actually that there's a place in Atlantic Canada that actually harnesses that. I believe, I I'm gonna look that up for next episode. Yeah. Oh, all right. Maybe they could be our our next sponsor. Yes. We need solar panels when you got cows and and beans. Cows and beans. Well, gentlemen, we are going to wrap this thing up and tie it up real nice and neat. Uh, why don't we end our podcast with a movie recommendation from the, th the, the three of us, the three amigos. That's not my recommendation if that's a movie. <laughs> Matt, I'm not even sure how to pronounce what you just wrote. Oh, Jim Gaffigan. He's a comedian. Awesome guy. Uh, real good Catholic guy. So his comedy's generally pretty clean. Uh, really good stuff. Uh, Cinco is his new uh, his new special. You can catch it on Netflix. Uh, I went and seen him live actually for this uh, for this comedy tour that he that's on there, and uh, he's fantastic. So yeah, you can watch it with the kids in the room. So Jim Gaffigan, Cinco. All right. Um, I I just went I went with the standard Lord of the Rings because I'm trying to think of a movie trilogy that I've watched over and over and over and over again. And Lord of the Rings just keeps, they keeps, it keeps bringing me back. I remember it being the most boring thing ever when I was younger. Uh, and then we were at a youth camp and I don't know if it was you actually that may have played it. Uh, and I had to sit through the first Lord of the Rings and because uh, I had to counsel some kids or something like that. And so, but love those movies now. And, and the subsequent games and all that. Lucas, you appear to not know what you're doing. What is your movie recommendation? <laughs> no, I mean, it's funny because I haven't watched this movie in a long time. It just, it was a, it was one of those movies, you know how when you're not expecting a movie and all of a sudden it was like, oh, it was a sweet movie. That was a solid movie. Back in my blockbuster days, I had to have something in my back pocket to recommend to people 
that wasn't like a standard movie, one that I was like pretty sure they hadn't heard of that they should try out. Because every now and then someone's like, I don't know what to watch. I'm like, oh, I've got a cool recommendation. Uh, it's a movie called The Unknown. And the premise is this. Five guys wake up inside a warehouse and they see that there's a canister that, that was leaking and it said like, may cause amnesia. So five guys wake up in a warehouse. They have no memory because there's gas. And then all of a sudden they get a call on the phone that says, all right, we got the ransom money. You can kill the two guys now. Uh, so all of a sudden they, oh yeah, and the thing is locked. So they have to figure out that two of them are hostages and two of the, and three of them are kidnappers and they're all like trying to figure out who's who and like try to, they're trying to work to escape before these people show up, but they're also trying to pick pick together who's the bad guy and who's the good guy in this scenario and you don't know who. It's got a bunch of people like that you'd recognize like uh, Jim Caviezel, of Jesus fame. Jesus. Uh, yeah, it's got Jesus in it. It's pretty popular. Greg Kinnear um, and a bunch of other faces that you'll recognize. And it was, it was a, if you're looking for kind of a fun watch, it's a, it's an, it's a fun, like uh, whodunit. And I don't even remember who the good guys and bad guys ended up being. So I can't even spoil it. This was, this was a huge mistake. Yeah. So here's my only question for this. Like, cause this sounds, I, this, I'm definitely not watching it, but <laughs> the, like, did this whole movie take place in one room? No, it, it was like did. a big building. No, it's not like a, it's not a bottle episode. Yeah. <laughs> uh, anyway, I'm, it sounds too low budget, and uh, I, I no have under blockbuster closed. You had their employees recommending movies like that. I do have one last question, and it is for Matt specifically around social media. You made a comment uh, to Lucas earlier um, about about his social media game. I noted oh, yeah. that you posted or lack thereof. <laughs> I noted that while you were traveling in Newfoundland, you shouted out to the lead singer from Great Big Sea, asking I if did. you could come over for a spot of tea. Earl Grey? Was it Earl Grey? Uh, is it? No, no, no. Uh, in Newfoundland, it's got to be uh, uh, Red Rose. Red, Red Rose. No, Tetley. 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 It's got to be Tetley. I'm just yeah. curious. What was it like going to his house? And being I drove by his house. Escorted but, out. Uh, yeah, no, I drove by. I drove by himself. He lives in uh, Petty Harbor. Anybody that wants the address, I'll give it to you. Oh my uh, but, soul. Yeah. <laughs> but he was he was actually in the in the city that night. He was actually in the, the window. I could see him. He was like, no, I was at his house. He wasn't, and so he was. He oh, that's was great. Actually, oh. <laughs> he was in the city singing the national anthem at like the growlers hockey game or whatever it was and so uh, oh no meanwhile oh, yeah. i was finding out what cupboard food we shared <laughs> things have gone exactly. south for that guy uh, yeah no i did not even get a response i was i was a little disappointed oh shoot well <laughs> yeah. listeners thank you for taking the last just about an hour to spend it with us matt thanks for taking the time to hang out with us again really enjoyed having you oh it's my pleasure man lucas as always thank you bald eagle for soaring in and uh and lighting with us during this uh podcast can lucas, we get the screech one more time before i go i it'll be difficult for me to pull that out but know that it'll be there in post <laughs> oh, you mean, oh see i thought Oh, I thought somebody made the noise. Anyway. I did. Uh, oh, good job. <laughs> Lucas, get us out of here. <laughs> All right, everyone. You can follow our podcast on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, at Oxford Holy Club, or drop us an email at OxfordHolyClub at gmail.com. If you use social media, throw up the hashtag OHClub. And for every five-star reading, you give us an iTunes, and that means a lot to us. Uh, we'll read it on the air as long as it's not making fun of how much I put my kids on social media. (laughs) 
And if you can, think about becoming a supporter of the podcast. You can follow the link that's in the description uh, for that. I'm not going to wax eloquent on that. But something else that's going to be really cool, and the link will be in the description, if you want to send in a voice message to us, maybe it's a comment about the podcast, maybe it's a question that you'd like, uh, Anchor, the platform that we use to host the podcast, has made it available for anyone now just to click the link below, and you can send us an up to one minute voice message. That'd be super cool. So send those in. But more importantly, until next time, keep spiritually fit and have fun.